Welcome, guys, to the much long-awaited and much promised Mindset Musings feature-length podcast between Ben and myself. Apart from series wrap-ups, Ben, and sort of introductions, we've never actually done one, have we? No, this will be the first one. So this is the first one. Well, um, welcome, welcome to you, Simon, my co-host, co-founder of. Uh, I don't know what do you do. You get you get people jobs or something. Don't you? What do you do? Yeah, that's essentially it. That's essentially yeah. it. Yeah. I just book a couple of bands, put a gig on. Yeah, Leave stick a there. stick a tent on the old common. People yeah. turn up. It will be nice to chat without a fifteen minute timer <laughs> yeah. uh, between me and you. Part of the obviously this was prompted by Ben's trip to Wales, and we will we'll talk about that further down the line. And it was a Wi-Fi free. Uh, no signal unplugged weekend which um sounds absolutely incredible to be honest blissful. um blissful but there are numerous sort of things that i do ben does but things that we know we should do things that uh, maybe are, are you know in particular my coaches ha- have used to unplug allow uh, a bit more time management so we're going to talk about you know unplugging from the world a little bit and why that's important finding time to reflect and plan I've got a couple of time management things in there, not just to be able to work smarter. Well, I suppose it is to work smarter, but with the with the objective of allowing you to spend a bit more time away from X. And what we're talking about X here is business setting, a career setting, um, someone that's maybe working full time, couple of working couple of jobs, a side hustle that they're looking to expand. You know, things away from your family and friends that essentially pay the bills, and it is important. Before we start, there are two caveats. So in the early days, Ben touched on this on the mindset moment we did this about uh, about this a couple of weeks ago. In the early days, when you're just starting out, just starting in your career, you might be in your sort of young to mid 20s, something like that, maybe slightly older, launching a business for the first time. You know, you could be 18, you could be 40. It doesn't really matter. Launching a product. I just want to put in there, there won't be any balance. There won't be any work-life blend as we call it these days they just won't so forget it in fact don't listen to this podcast. come back and listen to this podcast in probably two three five years <laughs> um what you want to be doing is you want to be going all in really and you know if you do find yourself thinking about setting up a business because you want to spend more time to work flexibly mm-hmm. yeah it's not really going to work it will eventually but you want to be going all in you know just forget it as, as we've said in the past didn't have you know we, we didn't have holidays we, we weren't paid it's not pretty it's that instant gratification thing sorry just to quickly yeah. jump in there isn't it it's the um we've gone over it before no such thing really no such thing as get rich quick um right. these things don't happen overnight overnight successes you know they take sort of years to build so like you rightly point out once you get over that that it's not going to be quick but working towards that goal later on where it, where it does become more balanced than them um, that will keep you real. Exactly. And to, to be honest, in the early days, when it was just sort of two, four, whatever, I fucking loved it. I absolutely fucking loved it. If someone said to me, well, you got to go on holiday for two weeks, I'd have been miserable. I wouldn't have wanted to go. Right? It, you've got to go all in and you've got to love the process um, and you've got to love creating that huge mess that you create. You create a mess of a business and your life becomes messier because you're not... You know, you're not doing your MOT, you're not doing your tyres on time, you forget your mum's birthday, you split up with your missus, it will go to shit and, and you just got to accept it. <laughs> it's just part <laughs> of it. If you can do it all, you're a better man than me. But 
as I said, fast forward 10 years, fast forward 12 years, 15 years, whatever, you get to the luxury of possibly, you know, a little bit of success. And then kids come along, whatever, and, and you quite rightly have to just not only for them, but also if you mind, start to put in into play one or two of these things. So as I said, I've always lived all or nothing. Quite a few people in my life over the years have tried to teach me about living with more balance. And guess what? 99 times out of 100, they weren't achieving what I've achieved and, and they haven't done what I've done. So quite honestly, I used to ignore that. It's worked the way I've done it. It's a bit back to front. But I, these days I'm coached or I'm in a coaching group with some of or two of the sort of largest most household entrepreneurs that you'll know in in well they're american but you know certainly on the planet and they gave some you know they said something the other day which is always what they do and it just it's so simple and it just bang my whole outlook on something changes so one you need to make sure what you're doing is made more sustainable because living with very little balance and constantly going at it has got a shelf life not just for your health but for your long-term relationships and also for your, for your mind, essentially, you know, physical and mental health. So you need to make it more sustainable. And two, and this was uh, Ed Milet said to me and, and others in our coaching group, it's not just ensuring you've got the best business or the best career, but the best life. Okay. Now your business or career is, is one of probably four or five facets within ensuring you've got the best life. There's no point getting to 40 50 years old turning around you've got a jet you've got a nice house and you've got no one to share it with your kids don't speak to you so that's a you know it's an extreme example so it's about making sure one what you're doing is sustainable for your health and for your relationships and two making sure you have a great life not just a great business ben did you want to recap what kicked all this off and obviously um just for the benefit of the listeners that obviously didn't listen to the mindset moment um feel free to go back and listen to it but yeah, about your weekend in Wales. Yeah, so what sparked this conversation off for today was um, I went away, uh, just me and the wife, we left the kids with the grandparents. We went away to a secluded kind of shepherd's hut on the side of a mountain and on the Welsh border. It was no electricity, therefore no Wi-Fi, therefore no social media, internet access. And it was just a complete detox, digital detox, detox from the world, communication, um, the the digital world, if you like, from from what we live in today, it was uh, yeah, it was liberating to be honest. I I kind of, uh, as I mentioned before, I'd kind of sort of fallen in love with the idea of escapism throughout COVID. I think everyone was sort of sat dwelling, weren't we? We were locked down in our houses on a, sat on our sofas. Some people just pure procrastinating, I'm sure. Other people sort of dreaming about different path in life I was no different and um yeah so we we took the plunge and we I found it and we booked it and um it was it was fantastic I'll definitely be looking to do it at least two or three times a year if, if things allow just the kind of the tranquility the peacefulness it's all the sort of stuff which if you'd asked me a few years ago I'd have been like well you know partly would have been probably down to age maturity maybe wouldn't have believed in it really but I think as I've got to a stage in life Things are busy. Family life's busy. It was nice to, um, to literally to unplug from the world. Um, 48 hours. Um, I could have done a lot longer. So, yeah, I, I suppose it's worth what we're doing today is exploring the the options to do it again in the future, really, and, and the sort of beliefs behind it and why we're doing it. Yep. 
And although you could have done longer, when you came back on the Monday, I bet you bang up for it again. It's almost like a sort of 48-hour meditation, I suppose, in terms of you're ready to go again, aren't you? You're ready. You've got obviously a lot of building projects going on. You've got the festival. You've got owning and running a pub in the run-up to Christmas. You know, things, things aren't, there's no, there's no off days, are there? So if you can give yourself 48 hours, I suppose that's the first one. Going somewhere intentionally where you know the temptation to... And we all do it. You know, I was in Greece the other day and, you know, I was still probably checking and answering 50 emails a day. Pathetic, if you think about it. But going somewhere intentionally where you can't do that, if you've got the resources and the time, what a great way to do it. It's funny. I was um, sort of sat in this chair in front of the woodburner, looking out the window, just watching the sheep grazing and birds flying past. And, you know, my mind was still very active. And, I, I you know, I'll be honest, I was thinking about business and, and things like that. But I didn't see an issue with that. And like, if I was to sit in an office back here or whatever, like staring out the window, people would maybe label that as procrastination, a yeah. bit of a waste of time. You and I have spoken about this before. Simon, you do your best thinking, sat on your office chair staring out the window. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, getting, to, you're right, probably getting glared at. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I, yeah. I'm the same. You know, I, I, I know that people are probably looking and thinking, like, oh, he's just sat there not doing anything. But when I was in this kind of setting, I was away. And although I was thinking about work, essentially, which is my business, it was just that sort of peacefulness and that tranquility, which gave me a clarity, you know, an ability to be able to kind of think clearly, which helped me. And I've come back now uh, and we were talking about goal setting as well, obviously. I've already started on my, you know, writing out my goals for 2022. Yep. Uh, I've got to finish it off because it's going to take a couple of weeks, but you know, that's, that's productive as far as I'm concerned. So I've gone away 48 hours. I've completely recharged. Brain feels refreshed. Physically, I feel refreshed. I've started work on some important stuff for next year. So for me, it's, it's a kind of double win in terms of productivity. I've got a relaxing relaxing holiday and I've also smashed a load of work in, yeah. in my mind. So Yeah, totally. And, and just onto the goal saying this December... This is the time to set goals, review them. Obviously not, I didn't have the time but to obviously go and do two days, unfortunately. But where I do that is I go to Portsmouth Central Library, and I have done for many years now, and I'll just book a day off and I go down there and I sit there with a laptop and obviously you're in a library. Uh, you can't go on your phone, although some fucking people were. But not me. And it's, and it's that, I suppose, is a watered-down free version. Anyone can do that. There's no Wi-Fi code. You go in, you plug in, you plug your laptop in and you can just sit there. And that is, you know, that doesn't incur the cost. You know, any, anyone can go into a library and it is just an excuse to sit there silently. And it does take, it does, it takes all day. It takes all day long. And they've got a cafe there and you can give yourself a mind a little break. So that's, so that's another one, definitely. I do find from years of doing it, I am an overthinker uh, by nature and I've trained myself to sort of get out of that thing. But I think if you're entrepreneurial, by default, you do you have a very busy mind. You know, like it doesn't matter if it's five o'clock in the morning or if it's sort of nine, ten o'clock at night when you're trying to go to sleep. You're, you're constantly thinking about your projects and your your, your goals and your ambitions. But I've, I've kind of learned just not really to fight it. So you hey, know, as I mentioned, I was you know, best sat, tool. It's yeah, best I, was, tool. I was sort of sat staring out the window, and then I would be busy for an hour thinking about right. I've got this building project on the go. I think I've got to sort this out for Victorious next year pubs coming up Christmas like you say need to sort out staffing etc and then after my mind's been busy for an hour I kind of drift off and I start thinking about well 
you know, the Ashes starts next in a couple of weeks, cricket. I wonder who we're going to pick, you know, because I'm into sport and stuff. And I kind of don't want to sound hippie about it, but just go with the flow. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And totally. um, I just find that you waste so much energy, both, you know, mentally as you're trying to sort of fight off. So, no, no, I should be thinking about work where you get the guilt, like, no, no, I should be having a wind down. If you just go with whatever pops in your mind, it tends to just be a lot easier, I think. Totally. I mean, as long as you're not fixating on something that someone said to you six years ago, we all do sometimes. That's that's fine. You know, it is what it is. But if you read like Warren Buffett, who's, you know, what, in the top, he's been in the top three richest men in the world for like the last 20 years, he spends 75% of his day reading, right? He is he's at the top of a huge organization, an investment vehicle, and he spends 75% of his day reading and about another 10% just sat there thinking, right? <laughs> but I think there's I know we haven't got that luxury. We're still operational in our businesses, we still have to do stuff. But as you grow and as your business grows, your your team don't want to see you doing the do as much as much as you used to. They need a good two hours. You should be sat there just thinking ideally interrupted i know it's very very difficult we've got a lake at work i go around and walk, walk around the lake it's you've, you've just got to be alone with your thoughts because that's where quite often some of the some of the best things come as you know i'm from the recruitment industry so i just wanted to give a quick shout out to our founding sponsors the jsa group their enthusiasm surrounding series two and the launch of series two of this podcast really does demonstrate their commitment to supporting their agency partners with their growth plans and sharing expertise across the industry to raise recruitment standards nationwide. JSA provides a huge range of outsourced payroll solutions to recruitment agencies and contractors and takes away really the pressures of managing their financial requirements. Now, that's whether the contractor wishes to work via limited company, umbrella or PAYE, and their knowledge and passion for evolving the future of recruitment really does run deep. And this is evident in their consistent development of cutting edge services, including international payroll and future-proof back office solutions. Now, you can find them by visiting jsagroup.co.uk or across any social media platform at JSA Group. Right, let's get back to it. So just on that, whilst we are, I've got I've got three. So great one from you um, to kick things off. I'll talk about my second one first because it just follows on. Um, and we're talking about digitally unplugging and allowing yourself time in the modern day in 2021, 2022 to not be interrupted. It's very, very difficult. Now, I know a lot of people turn off their notifications. That is a great tool. But to go one further, someone that I follow online um, has what they call a phone swap Thursday. Now, a phone swap Thursday is he goes to the office or goes to wherever they're going and they leave the smartphone in the drawer at home turned off. His parents, his kids, his missus, whatever, uh, maybe a close friend has got the number, completely separate number, to uh, a Nokia X from 2001, um, which doesn't play anything other than Snake and, and has got an old ringtone. And that is it. So he's got their number stored for any emergencies. They've got his number stored for any emergencies or don't forget to pick so-and-so up on the way home from work, the usual family back and forth. But that is one day a week. And, and apparently it is, it's like taking a holiday for his mind. So that is also a very cheap. If you can afford a smartphone, you can afford to go and get yourself, you know, a Tesco, make sure it doesn't take photos, make sure it doesn't 
you know, be able to email, nothing like that. And it's just call in, call out, SIM card, whatever you like. That is a very, again, going to a library where you can't use your phone or, or buying a £10 phone and, and having that for, for um, once a week, twice a fortnight, something like that. I think it's a very cheap and effective way of really, uh, I, and hands up, I've not done it. For me, at the moment, it wouldn't work. I'm hoping in future versions of my life it would. But what do you think about that? Yeah, when you told me about this, probably about three or four weeks ago when you mentioned it, I thought it was an absolutely genius idea. Again, I have to admit, exactly like you just said, I don't think it would work for me in my current lifestyle. I'm hoping that it will in the not too distant future because I am I've been thinking about it a lot and I will be that will be in the front of my mind to try and do something like that in the next way in the in the short term future for sure one thing looking back to when I went away to that disconnect of uh, last a couple of weekends ago I think I mentioned it as well the the kind of thought kicked off a bit of anxiety like oh my god what if someone needs to get hold of me and oh what if someone emails me and then they need the answer to this and da da and then as soon as I got there yep. and did it and just switched, you know, the phone off, literally just yeah. switched it off. That just all went. It all just disappeared. And yeah. it's probably the same for what you're saying there. In in your head now, while well, we're both sat here saying, oh, I don't know if we can do that for the next few years, you know. But I think in reality, if you just take that jump sooner rather than later, I think you'll probably be surprised and I'll be surprised how you will be able to incorporate that into your lifestyle sooner than you think, Ira. Definitely. And, and I think I think we're all guilty, not just us, but, you know, most of the general public just thinking that we're more important than, than we're, we're, we're far less important than we think we are um, to a lot of either, either businesses or other people or whatever. Back in the 80s, if you, um, you know, there was no email, if you wanted to get hold of someone, you had to rely on them being in the same uh, property um, house or office as a landline that's ringing um, if they if they couldn't if they struggled to get hold of you for two or three days they popped a letter in the post um, or came around and knocked on your door again whether you might be there or not so we're just we you know since 2001 2002 onwards we've just got used to being or people expecting the answer far more immediately and this is what we have you know with with you know, with grads that we have coming at work, you know, they're, they, if they haven't answered an email for two or three hours, you can see them getting quite anxious because they, they are from the generation of instant messenger. Whereas I'm saying, look, the acceptable time frame to respond to an email probably is about 24 to 48 hours. You know, I, I, I leave it sometimes a lot longer than that. So just realise that if someone's asked you something, on a, especially on an email, I mean, if they really needed an emergency, they'd, they'd call you. Um, so... Yeah, I think we're. I, I think I think exactly that. As soon as you get to the, as soon as you get there and come home, and you and you realise that actually, do you know what? Yeah, there was a few missed calls or whatever, but nothing that urgent. Hopefully, that relaxes you for the next time, the time after, and then before you know it, people realise that once a quarter you like to go and unplug. They won't bother you because they don't want to be the person that is what the one to burst your bubble when you turn the, obviously turn the phone back on. It's like I said um, when I popped into the local town to get some some, some groceries and then. Um, my phone got signal and it just pinged with about 50 odd messages. And that was just messages, you know, not including notification. You know, another principle I'd, I'd use it is, um, especially in the, in the development game is I like to circle around and check on the projects just to, you know, check, check in and if there are any issues that can be sorted out. But a lot of the time, if you're turning up on site 
people would be like, oh, what about this? And what, yeah. you know, this has happened. Da, 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 da. Whereas if I wasn't to be there, yeah. they'd have thought the issue through on their own and dealt with it on their own. So, I mean, you can apply that to probably most businesses as well, you know, in terms of problem solving. Um, totally, yeah. So I think it's just kind of initially it's kind of getting over that fear factor. Yeah. Uh, and as you just rightly pointed out a minute ago, now I've gone through that first phase, as it were, it's made me feel a lot more relaxed about doing it for the second time, um, which hopefully won't be too far away. It's what I call the boomerang questions. You know, if, if you're, you know, everyone wants to see their, and I hate the term, but boss, whatever, everyone wants to see their leader accessible. But sometimes that's the worst thing you can do in terms of their development. What you need to do is you need to empower these people, whether they're consultants or suppliers or your staff, whatever, to end up making their own decisions. If you aren't, if you keep ask, answering the questions um, that they give you without deep, delving deep in, tr probably trying to coach them a little bit to, to get the answers from within, you, it's this boomerang effect where you're going to be constantly sending this fucking boomerang question back to back to them for the next however many number of years. Quite often, it's not the they don't want the answer; they want validation that their answer is right. And if you just allow people to make the odd mistake, typically that's the best way to learn because they really don't want to make it twice cool okay number three now we spoke about this very briefly in the mindset moment uh in the sort of you know precursor to this but i've written down audit your circle now you can unfollow people in real life now i'm not talking about your best mates from school 30 years ago that you've grown up with i'm not talking about that what I'm talking about is you know, we've all got those acquaintances and those friends that come and go. Um, and, you know, some of them have got a two, three, four year, five year shelf life. Sometimes you just ships in the night and sometimes they can hang around and you can hang around in their life being fairly destructive. They can hang around in your life being the same. And sometimes these are the types of people I'm talking about auditing. Now, a lot of people think it's completely arrogant or selfish to turn down meetings or social events with people that you know maybe aren't on the same path however I was doing when we was planning for this podcast I was doing some maths and I thought to myself do you know what I only actually work about 215 let's say days a year okay in those 215 days I have to play a major leading role in delivering a, a sort of sales a year of 75 million right for next year we've got 80 people in one business that help that obviously help us do that i also co-own a restaurant i've got an investment property i've got this podcast i'm trying to get my social media up and running i've got aside from that i've got parents that I want to look after and spend quality time with who are in their 70s i've got extended family in other areas of the, of the country i've got nieces I've got my brother's family and those guys that locally that I want to see. I want to ensure that I'm fit, healthy. I want to go to the gym. I want to make sure I've got time to develop my brain and learn. And obviously the most important thing, I've got a loving partner that supports me and does anything that I, that I ask her to in terms of supporting this mental lifestyle. And I want to give, she deserves the very best back for me. On top of all this, we've got two babies under two years old. So actually, it's not selfish to say no to the odd meeting that doesn't bring, I've got a number in my head when it comes to business meetings. If it doesn't return that value, I can't accept it anymore. 
And that is not being selfish. That is, in my eyes, that's being selfless. Because those 80 people and my close friends and my family that rely on me to, to build this and, you know, we, along with my business partners, build this business to deliver a life for the 80 people we've got require me to say no to these meetings. They require me not to have what I used to have, you know, upwards of 100 social events a year, twice a weekend, whatever. I can't do that anymore. And if I say no to these things, that's because I'm not, it's not me being selfish or, or arrogant. I haven't got the time. The time I've got, I need to make sure is returning enough value to keep 80 people employed and then another 20 each year and their families and their homes. We've got over, we've got hundreds and hundreds and well now thousands of contractors whose primary income is our, is our business around the country we don't even talk about that so it is annoying when people say oh you know blah blah you're not coming to this not comes that no i'm fucking not coming to it because i i need there's only a certain number of times that I, or time that i have in the year and i owe it to people to do if i was being self selfish i'd i'd go out twice a weekend and and, and not see my kids and not make sure I'm, I'm absolutely on it on a monday so auditing these people and making sure that everyone in your circle and in your life your friendships you know empower you they challenge you you've got some people that are doing way more than you that are dragging you up you've got some people that are doing slightly less but they you know that they, you can see something in them so they're pushing you up you're pulling each other up together and you've got to pay close attention to the hour after you immediately either see someone in a meeting or see someone in a, in a restaurant or however you've got to pay close attention to how you feel and not just think, oh, you know, so-and-so's annoyed me or blah, blah. If that happens more than a few times in a row, you've got, this is where I'm talking about a little mini mind audit of the people that you hang around with. The, um, the, it's funny you should say that about these social occasions because what you're saying is right, but let's chuck a little caveat in there. Your liver and your body's not up to it like it used to be, mate, is it, for the drinking? I mean, that, exactly, <laughs> exactly that. But, it's, but funny um, you should, it's, it's funny you should say that, especially about the body language thing because... um. I was recently sort of involved in the early stages of a project with some close associates that I do loads of other stuff with. And um, I, I just, I wasn't feeling it. I was feeling a bit stretched, a bit drained. There was many facets to it, but I just, I, the long and short of it was, I wasn't really, my heart wasn't in it. Yeah. So I kind of plucked up the courage to say to these guys, look guys, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. So, you know, I don't want you know, conscious, don't want to waste anyone's time it's probably best if I just sort of step aside now and you guys carry on with what you're doing. It was liberating in the essence, like you just said, I'm used to kind of just throwing my hat in the ring for loads of other stuff. And, you know, I want to be involved in loads of stuff, but I've got to that point now where it's the old shiny penny syndrome, isn't it? You're kind of chasing all these new things and you're like, well, hang on a minute. I've got three or four really good things on the go. And if I start, you know, it's just the old cliche straw that broke the camel's back kind of thing. Yeah. If I overstretch myself in terms of work, yeah. it's like a house of cards. It could come crashing down. And sorry, on the body language thing, one of the guys that we were talking with, he, he said that he read my body language in, in the, the last two or three meetings. And he could kind of tell that I wasn't really invested mm. in this kind of, in this venture. Mm. And it was cool. It was very amicable. And that, you know, that's, that's when, you know, you're, you're in with good people because you can have these grown up conversations and they understand as well, um, you know, yeah. where you're coming from and what you're doing. So it was brilliant in terms of a parting of ways. It was, you know, it was as professional and as, and as good as it could yeah. have been, but yeah. it is so right. What you say about that feeling, that vibe. And, uh, and again, the, we're talking about unplugging and detoxing 
you know, the other end of the scale, which is why we're doing these things is, is, you know, you need to be cautious of burnout and overloading yourself. So yeah. Yeah. Yes, some wise which, points. which, you know, has happened for me and we both, I think both experienced that, you know, and it does, it brings more down than just that particular project you're working on. It can bring, it can bring a lot more down than that. So yeah, you're right. And you get involved with, with other stuff and other people and they don't want a half ass Ben. I don't want a half ass Simon. They want you fully at it and they deserve that and guarantee you that they would have, yeah, like you said, they, they're picking up on it probably even before you mentioned anything. Because you, you know, um, you, you yourself would only ask and myself, we'd only ask the same, wouldn't we? If we were putting yeah. our heart and soul into a project, yeah. you want to be as successful as you possibly can be. Yeah. If someone's not into it, I'd rather they just said and kind of just stepped aside or step back or however you want to do it. But there is something to be said for massively overloading yourself and yeah, you just need to be careful. Totally. I mean, look, I've said it before and it's, a, I was chatting to my PT about this the other day and I was like, look, when you get, and it's not just men, it's, it's, it's women as well, but I'm only coming at this. I, obviously I've only got experience of it from a, from a man's point of view, but it's not just men, but in your mid to late thirties, early forties, that sort of area, you have got everyone in your life looking to you for answers. Everyone. You've got typically children, let's say, oh good. I've got kids that look up to me for answers. I've got my partner that looks across to me for answers. I've got my parents that are in their 70s that look down to me for answers now. I've got a group of friends where, you know, I've done all right in that group of friends and some of them look across to me for answers. You know, if you add everything up, the restaurant, blah, blah, probably a hundred people that we employ that obviously will look to you for answers. Have you got your brother on your case why you haven't got a BlackBerry mobile phone? I don't, I'm not going to do an impression of him because it is, it is strangely accurate. The editor will say, who's this Ben? Do I need, you haven't introduced him and he's just a voice <laughs> on the podcast. No, but um, it can get quite suffocating. And if you're not, if you're not fully bought in and, and you don't, if, you, if you've only got the time you've got and to have five or six clowns that you have to then see either socially or in a business sense, um, just because that's what you've always done. It's not going to serve them. It's not going to serve anybody. You can't replace people in your network. It's like trying to go out and buy some new clothes when you when your wardrobe's stuffed full of old things that you used to wear and that don't fit anymore. And I'm sorry, like that can f- seem quite cold. And as I said, I'm not talking about lifelong friends. I'm talking about I'm talking about a mutually beneficial ending of of certain acquaintances because <clears throat> that's just what it takes. That's what it takes to succeed. That is it. My my biggest one of my but it, definitely up there it, biggest bugbears is having my time wasted now there may be someone listening to this if i've wasted your time in, unintentionally in the past i apologize but i've spoken about it before apology um, accepted yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i am um, time is my wealth is my currency that's what i live by um yeah. you know it, it's not really financial it's just yeah my question to you then simon point four if you like would be if you can't get away if you can't book holiday for example what do you do to unplug unwind and detox i mean there's not been a lot of it in the last couple of years i've got to be honest but the one tool i have used to ensure that i am living a good life not just living a good business is um the color coding of my diary um, and I'm not talking about colouring in things in my, you know, some people use a paper diary, that's fine. 
I use my Outlook. So I know some people got Google Calendar, or whatever. I use an Outlook diary. So this is, I, I touched on this in the intro. This is a bit of time management, but to ensure that you are one, sustainable and two, having a good life. Obviously, I set goals uh, around about this time every year. And what I do is I, is about five different headings. Okay. And I, and, and I mentioned this, I think, is it, is it, is it 11 and 13 episodes 11 and 13 i think it is go back and listen to those there's a part a and a part b of the science of goal setting how i do it and, and i explain which headings that there are and they all encompassing so each heading is like a, it's like five pillars to a good life business just being one four others you know um, happiness and home you know mind and body all that, all that sort of stuff and what i do is for each task in my diary each heading or each pillar of your life gets a color Okay. Now this isn't an exact science, but if one week my diary is completely blue, which is work, I know that I need a few greens uh, pretty quick, which is, you know, my friends and family. If it's uh, all red, which are social events, I know that I'm probably going to need quite a few oranges pretty quick in there, which is mind, body, the more kind of well-being aspects of, of my goals. So everything in my diary links back to a sort of strategy or like a pillar that eventually will mean that I'm a bit more balanced. And as I said, you know, in the early days, you're not going to get much balance, but nowadays I, I can, but I need to make sure that it's nice multicolored month coming up. So I'm attacking and making sure that each area of my life gets uh, just as much attention as everything else. That's really, really good way of looking at it. I'm probably not anywhere near as structured as you are. And I, we've got this coming up as another moment or a feature length podcast i think we're going to do one about what you and i do very differently and what we might necessarily disagree on mine's a bit more relaxed but essentially the mechanics are the same i i'm up early so if it's summer i'm out for a walk if it's this time of year which is the winter autumn winter i'll do a bit of a bib as dodge calls it a bit of business in bed for the first hour sorting out bits and pieces because I'm, I'm up and I'm active um, and then kids get up and then it's on to family time. So yeah. it's just making sure I've got that window early doors, get myself set for the day. So I, at least I've got a list of things I need to do. So if none of it comes to fruition over the next three or four hours, it mm. doesn't matter because I know I'll get onto it and I've already sort of set my plan up for the day. Um, and I like having the flexibility because I'm sort of person that feels, I feel time pressure sometimes if I'm supposed to be sticking to stuff and, and, and I'm sort of slipping for whatever reason. But I think it's good to highlight that we're both fairly driven people, I'd like to think, but we're both quite different in the way that we approach things sometimes. So I think for anyone listening that thinks, oh my God, I'm not like Simon, he's very, very organised or, oh God, ben, Ben's a bit disorganised. It doesn't really matter as long as you kind of, everyone is different and they approach things in different ways. So as long as you're all kind of aware and conscious and you're working on your goals and ambitions, then just don't, don't sweat it basically. Exactly. It's what you say to the guys at work, you know, here is the outcome we'd like, how you get there really is down to you. We, there's a bit of trial and error. It's taken me years, but and I probably only really nailed it in the last sort of, since really I honestly becoming a dad, like I have had more time I've found more time since becoming a dad than I did the year or two before that. And, and you'd have to just make it. 
you just have to you have to make it i get up slightly earlier i make sure that you know between five and seven every night is sacred time i pick you know we we both pick up the kids from nursery we come back we put some kids music on in the kitchen we have a dance around they have some snacks you know blah blah bath bed now i'm not answering the phone between five and seven and i've just i've just had to find time to, to go to the gym at, at sort of half five in the morning you know when typically no one really wants you or needs you and i, I wouldn't have you know you, there's 24 hours in a day and you can make it work I mean, you just got to be a bit more sort of strict with it i blank out days in my diary not just for me and just to be a bit OCD, but so that my team and my and the guys at work know that I'm inaccessible. I'll stick family day in. Family day, I'll give it a green, all day, outlook, out of office, uncontactable. And I know that that day, right, you know, I can see that day coming two days away, three days away, blah, blah. I'm looking forward to family time. Whereas actually, I used to look forward to um, going to London on the on the piss for 36 hours. Whereas that's not really what I enjoy doing anymore. Uh, sure, I might go to a beef once a year or, or something like that. But again, <laughs> that's stuck in the diary and there's a lot of green before it and there's a hell of a lot of green after it. So it, it's it's one of those. It, I suppose it's about being intentional with your time and not just reactionary like you used to be, where you just sort of tend to slip into whoever you know sort of slip into other people's sort of design for your for your time in your life and you because you haven't got a or haven't thought ahead beyond this afternoon you you sort of end up living a life that actually has been designed for you by, by other people and um, really good point sort of pings back to um, a point that i always like to sort of raise really is just you know going back to your kind of social media gurus your life coaches some very good obviously but some of them will sort of drill it into you that if you're not following their method then you're failing at life you know you're yeah. not doing it and i just it drives me bananas <laughs> hey, it, it really i'm does. not being funny it's because they can't charge you for it my answer to that would be show me your office and how many staff you've got show me what car you've got show me how many lives you've impacted none oh but i've done a ted talk yeah nice one mate who hasn't you know what i mean like I, I, i've been in forbes for what for nothing <laughs> for nothing like you, you've got an aid you've got a sort of agent that's packed, like sent your profile around half these people have done nothing they've done nothing and they're trying to pedal a program which they've never employed anyone how can you, <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah, it, yeah. It's, it really does get gets me another one i was thinking about earlier um not to go off topic too much i think it's episode 15 we did a mindset moment uh it was it was about how how do you judge success or how do you view success how do you quantify success and it's just a reminder really to the fact of it's different for every people uh, for every person people have different kind of goals and struggles in life People come from a lot lower down the, the pecking order than some people. Some yeah. people start a lot higher. Yeah. So you got you got to put that into context. I had a, a secondhand comment from someone the other day about myself personally, and um, I didn't let it sort of get to me, but I kind of questioned it, and I thought, well, you don't you don't know me. This person, they don't know me. They don't know my history. They, they don't know my growing up. They said that it was regarding this podcast actually, and they said someone said they were talking about it. Some people were talking about it. And one of them said, yeah, but he only lives in Eastney. He's not that successful, is he? <laughs> and for the benefit of the listeners, Simon, you live five minutes walk from my house. So we live yeah, in the same right. area. So essentially yeah. that comment kind of us affects yeah. you as well. Yeah. Uh, and I just sort of thought, you don't know 
yeah. anything no. <laughs> to do with my life and my background, really. No. So it was a throwaway comment, I'm sure. Exactly. Mate, do you know what? I think people would be quite shocked if they came and stood outside my house and then realised what I could buy, they'd be shocked. And do you know why? Because most people, the minute they get any money that they could buy something pretty flashy or do something pretty flashy, they go and do it. As I said, that would be a very selfish thing for me to do because I've got 80 people that, one, they don't want to see me buying this, that and the other. And I could do it and maybe one day I will. But actually... That I don't see as six. I've been down the route years ago of, of thinking that material goods, I've got a nice car, whatever. But I don't buy myself anything nice because it doesn't impress me. And if it's not going to impress me, I don't give a fuck what you think about it. So, <laughs> I, so like, I think I, I'm, um, I'm absolutely flabbergasted by that comment. It's not, it's about the lives you've impacted. When you've got 70,000, 80,000 people in a festival and they haven't seen that, you know, and they haven't been in a crowd that big for two years that's success right it's not about oh fucking wound me up mate to be honest. <laughs> no, well, i'm wound no. up on your behalf because no, it's no. like you know ugh. i know it's just i just think the likewise to you it's how you, obviously in their brain it is financially based so how big is yeah. your house how, how flashy is your car yeah you know etc etc but those things don't they don't tick my they don't flick no. my buttons mate they honestly don't for me i've got a loving family i've got a really good circle of mates i'm in business with some good people okay I occasionally get disappointed by the pompey result on a saturday on the radio you can't have it all in life simon yeah but why don't we just buy the club and then we yeah. shut up so honestly but, i think i probably could i've got, I mean? I've, I've got to be honest <laughs> my life is like pucker like i wouldn't yeah, yeah. change a great deal about it and it's exactly. it's nothing financially related it's a, the fact i've got a loving family who are all happy and healthy and a great circle of mates yeah and i get to do things like this you know exactly and i'll tell you what on that one of i don't know if you've got much anymore but one of the last points i wanted to make sure we definitely make right yesterday or the day before I can't remember when it was my, my partner said look and we're flicking through, you know, we've got every film, play, you know, God, how many film platforms are there? Netflix. We've got them all, yeah, Sky, Amazon. And we're flicking through and there must be, we must have access to 5,000 films. We couldn't find one we wanted to watch. She said, what about watching Click? I went, what, by Adam Sandler? No. Come on, I've seen it before. It's really good. It was, it's a 2006, terrible looking, you know, Google the poster. It's, it's like, this is not going to be funny. It's not going to be entertaining. Honestly, that film should be watched by anyone that is worried about the sort of issues that we're talking about here. If you're stuck in a career and you're head down and you've, you know, you might have kids, you might have not, have not, you might have elderly parents, you might not, you might have a pet. This touched everything. And I swear to God, I actually shed a tear to this film. It's called Click. And it is the biggest health warning for any entrepreneur. I think in the film, so just to praise here, I won't spoil it, but Adam Sandler, in his height, uh, you know, 2006, I think he's sort of, he actually sort of, he's, no, he's not cool anymore, is he? In 2002, 2003, 2006, he was like the man, wasn't he? He plays this architect or this sort of senior architect that's looking to propel or trampoline into his organisation. If you cl pay close attention, most American films, Disney, whatever, it's usually about a work-life balance of the father. I don't know if you've noticed. 
daddy you're always working is just the the american theme <laughs> yeah it seems to be which does annoy me sometimes because you've got daddy you know i just want you here yeah but you've also got a 12 bed bedroom mansion in a private school you go to do you know what i mean so that you haven't got it that bad yeah. <laughs> you know but anyway this this dad he that it was the 4th of july they're planning to go away blah blah he's you know and he's, and he's caught up in what he thinks is a mundane life and he sees the family and this he's got a he's got a four-year-old and a two-year-old and he's got a beautiful kate beckinsale the wife unreal by the way and he's like he comes across this remote control it's a bit silly but he sold this remote control that can pause time fast forward click forward through chapters etc etc and family meal uh one day he's got a he fast forward through the family meal so that he can get back to work and get his promotion all he cares about is his promotion anyway fast forward through the family meal it then skips forward uh, a weekend that he didn't want to be involved in his mum and dad their elderly parents they come round they have a family dinner he skips through that after a while the the remote control remembers his preferences so anytime there's an argument or the traffic jam or anything he's fast forwarded through before just fast forwards without him even asking and what happens is he can't catch a breath and he and he fast forwards to the next promotion and he's everyone's celebrating it it's a year down the line suddenly it's two years suddenly it's three the kids are growing up he can't stop it and it's an amazing metaphor for life and in the end it, i won't spoil the ending but it's it's sad it's sad his kids grow up uh, he gets divorced because as part of the skipping through, he's present in the moment. He's there. He's going through the motions. He's on, the, it puts him on autopilot. So he's answering questions. He's not cracking any jokes. He's not present. And it is honestly with two young kids and obviously go, what's going on, what I've got going on, you know, in a professional sense, it was like a kick in the bollocks, honestly. And it really did open my eyes. And me and my missus sat there and we both cried. <laughs> because it's so easily done and it is like honestly what we're talking about here could be summed up by a terrible 2006 film adam sanders and do you know what what made it even more poignant for me was this film i first watched it in 2000 i watched it in fiji with my mates when we went we went traveling around the world and someone had a dodgy dvd on this beach and we put it on and i was like what's this oh it's an adam sanders film click that was 15 years ago right I remember sat there on that beach watching this thing that I, and I only watched about the first half an hour because obviously you know you're on a beach in Fiji but it seemed like yesterday to me that I was watching this film and I could even remember parts of the dialogue and I'm thinking Christ this is actually a living example whilst I'm watching this film of how quick life goes because the last time I watched it, it was 15 years ago and it was like Christ in the next 15 years that'll be 30 years the last 15 years has gone like that. The next 15 years, it will, why won't it go any, it'll probably go quicker if anything. And all of a sudden, 30 years has gone by whilst I'm watching this film. And it's like, mate, it's actually changed my long-term goals. It's, it, a, it, it's an amazing metaphor, like mate, you say. It's, it uh... really is. Honestly, <laughs> watch it. It is not all about what you can stack in the bank. It is not all about a fucking job title that someone gives you. It is about friends. It's about family. It's about making an impact. And I know I've, I can sit in my ivory tower or perceived ivory tower and say that nice and easy now. But, <laughs> mate, really. really. I really hope, mate, Fijian trading standards aren't listening to this podcast or you're in big trouble. Hey, I oh know. 
what about the dodgy DVD? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I didn't no, buy you, it. I didn't buy it. I just watched it. <laughs> you are you are so right. You are so right. Yeah. And yeah. it's that was going to be my sort of final point before we we wrap up because we're almost out of time. Is just without getting too deep about it. <laughs> Your business is important. Your career is important, but it's not as important as your living. You know, yep. it's, the old, it's the old saying, isn't it? You want to work. Do you want to work to live or live to work? Exactly. Um, do you want to just enjoy it? Because the the days and the hours and the weeks and the months will just fly past and yeah. blink and you miss it kind of vibe. Enjoy the process, what we've always said, isn't it? You've got to. You've got to fall in love with it and as I said in the early days you will love it in the early days you know what we're talking about here won't make any sense but very quickly especially if you become a parent it will alter everything um, and, and it should do it should do right I'm off for a digital detox after that yep I'm <laughs> um, yeah I'm off to peruse from other fake DVDs from 15 <laughs> years ago There's some good ones in there <laughs> yeah nice uh, yeah, good good to chat yeah, we'll, we'll, we've got a few more of uh, these feature-length chats coming up. Next one, I think, is uh, what you and I disagree on or what we don't do. That's the same, yep. which, which will be interesting. But, um, yep. yeah, no, good to chat, mate. Yeah.